The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to talk from the inside of sports. It's time for G. Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and co-host Micah Warren. We'll talk to and about players, front office personnel, agents, and the newsmakers in and around sports. Now, here are your hosts, G. Cobb and Micah Warren. What's happening, everybody? This is G. Cobb in the House. We're on VoiceAmericaSports.com. I'm your co-host, Micah Warren. I'm with, uh, you know, G. Cobb will be joining us shortly. Uh... I'm with Jason Ashworth, who's going to host with me tonight. Uh, Jay, with a Comcast uh, sports producer, is a Fox Sports reporter, and this is my favorite, Jay. I think this is my favorite. Jay came in fourth on Dream Job. You guys remember that ESPN show where it was like American Idol for Sports Center hosts? No. Jay came close. <laughs> That's pretty impressive, Jay. I, I appreciate the, uh, the emphasized resume there. I want. Uh, I definitely want to see that tape at some point. And you know, thanks for joining me. And obviously, obviously, things aren't so good in Eagle Land. You know, maybe they're not as bad as people are saying. But as far as the locals are concerned, this team might as well have been zero and sixteen. I don't know if you noticed or not, but the Eagles got blown out twice in a row to the Cowboys. They did. Yeah, they they did. I'm telling you the truth. I'm ah, telling you the truth. That one. And uh, and G is on the line now. G, you with us? Yeah, I'm right here. What's happening, Jay? How you doing? I'm doing all right. So, you know, I, I guess we should start out with, with what really happened and, uh, you know, what went down down in Dallas. I mean, after they lost the first game in Dallas, remember how, how quickly we forget the Eagles were on a six-game winning streak. They were playing good football. And now none of that matters, of course. So after the first loss, they get, they get killed. You say, well, maybe Dallas caught them off guard. Were they a little overconfident? Uh can't happen again. Well, it probably won't happen again. We're going to get our stuff together. We're going to go back down there. And After what happened last week, is there any doubt if they played three, the next three weeks, the Eagles would lose by 20 in just about every game? I mean, right now, Cowboys are playing better football, and the Cowboys are a very, very good team right now. Now, what do you guys think? She will start with you. Uh, this, was an, this was an up and down butt whooping. I mean, this was top to bottom. What was the biggest problem for you on the team? Well, I think it's both uh, the offensive line and the defensive line. Uh, they're the most troubling areas because, you know, if you don't do the job there, uh, you really don't get the chance to do the job other places. So uh, I think that that's where, you know, I was most troubled. In the fact you have that two games in a row, uh, teams dominate. They can run. We can't run. They got time to pass. We don't have time to pass. I mean, it's not that much, you know, if you lose there, you know, <laughs> Everything it can X out everything else. I mean, you could be winning in other areas, but it, you know it exits out those areas uh, because you're losing there. Yeah, especially on defensive line when you have linebackers that aren't really very good, <laughs> and so now it just gets that much worse. Jay, what was the worst for you in watching that? I mean, to be honest with you, I'd have to agree with Jay. I mean, you just saw. For me, 
I mean, yeah, you saw the, the domination offensively uh, and defensively in terms of the lines, but just just the entire game plan to me. I mean, you just saw. I don't want to say there was a worse uh, a worse aspect. You just saw a better team to me. Uh, at least in those two games, you just saw a better team uh, in terms of execution and game plan. They were out coached, so all phases of the game. That's what concerned me. I just when you see a team do it one week, okay. Um, I didn't expect it to happen a second week in a row, so that's what was concerning to me. So I agree with G, though. It all, it all starts from the uh, the offensive and defensive liners you know, in the trenches, as Andy wants to call it. That's where you win and, uh, win and lose your games. Hey, you yeah. Know, I'm sorry. Go, uh, go ahead, Jay. You know, one, one of the things, you know, I think that really is true is that uh, with Andy is that, uh, you know, he always says you win and, and lose up front. And with the fact that they got dominated so um, so severely up front, uh, that I think that you, you got to give, uh, you know, really Jerry Jones and and, and Wade Phillips. You got to give them credit that they really built a better team than the Eagles. I mean, they were able to beat them. Now, of course, you could come back next year and things could change. But uh, as as it stands right now, I think the, the, the way that they were two sound victories, they went where they were they were so close uh, that they were dominating victories. And going forward. The Eagles are the ones that they've got to step up, and they got they've got to make some adjustments because there's no question about it that uh, the the Cowboys are the better football team, and I, I really think the Cowboys might be the best team in the NFC. Who knows? They might be the best team in football right now, but uh, you know they've got to prove that. But right now, I think that they they go in. They've got to have a lot of confidence going up to Minnesota. Uh, but you know, one and you're done. But uh, they they. I think they can they can beat anybody because you know they can they can win on both sides of the ball. They can put pressure on you. They got some good defenders. Uh, you know, you play good defense. You run the ball, and you don't turn over the ball. You can you can beat anybody. Yeah, and, they, and, and what I was going to say was, you have to wonder if these. Mike, I didn't mean to cut you off. But you have no, to not at all. Go for it. Jump right in. What I have to think is, or at least wonder, is if these last two games really demonstrated at least the start of a shift in power. Uh, in the NFC East. I mean, while the Eagles obviously have the resume and they put together a hell of a decade, uh, you have to wonder if, you know, now that Tony Romo uh, got through his December, it seems like as long as he stays out of Hollywood, uh, he's got, uh, if he can get his head on straight and uh, lead that team, you're getting production now out of, uh, out of even Roy Williams, who many consider a bust. So you'd have to wonder if all those years when the Eagles were beating up on the, uh, the Quincy Carters and whatnot, uh, the Cowboys, and, and kind of padding that resume of now, uh, that shift comes where Dallas just, you know, continue to stockpile and draft. And if they turn that corner now, you're going to see a different presence in the East. You know, and, and one thing I want to point out is the, the whole thing with size. You know, uh, you know, you can be uh, good in, in, in average size. That's one thing. But when you're when you're big and you're good, you know, you pretty much can do it every game. You know, you can adjust to whatever the t- other team gives you. So, like Miles Austin, for instance. You know, I mean, it's kind of amazing. you got a guy who is bigger than all the guys he's going against. And, you know, he's fast, and, uh, you know, he catches the football, and he breaks tackles. And when you've got that size advantage, I think, that, you know, it's, it's, it's a really a dominating factor. And uh, we'll see how, you know, things work out. But that's why I've got San Diego and Dallas, because they're not only good, but they're big and good. And that's why I want to see the Eagles going that way. Look. Give me big. You know how they have all of the commercials, you know, the, the girls say big is better. I agree. <laughs> I, I agree. Big is better. <laughs> well, here's a question for you guys. Now, gee, I kind of know your take on this because I had mentioned a while back when we were talking about Sheldon Brown. And I said, well, he's hurt. And your first thing was, hey, was he out there? So you might not want to hear this. 
doesn't really, I mean, does it really take into account some of the injuries the Eagles had? Even going back, I know everybody gets hurt, so it's not necessarily an excuse. But when you get these guys back, is that, how much is that going to help close the gap? If you had a Stuart Bradley out there, if, if Sean Andrews, God, I, I can't even, how many sentences have we started with, with if Sean Andrews uh, no, last year? You know, Stacey Andrews, he did nothing. What a bust. You know, he was probably still banged up. Then you lose Jamal Jackson. How much would it have helped to have some of these guys out there? I mean, is it going to be enough you know, to, to somewhat you know, close that gap, or is there still major changes needed? Well, you know, they definitely. I mean, that's why people, you know, they're, they're all over Sean Andrews. And I think sometimes, you know, Philadelphia, you know, we, we kind of go too far. I mean, this whole thing with Sean Andrews, you know, yeah, Sean Andrews is a different kind of guy. Well, so what? You know, we, we don't want we don't we we just want him to be able to play football. We don't need him to be, you know, like this other guy. He can be kind of arch and everything. But the thing is, the kid hurt his back. Okay, I, I was questioned about whether he was really hurt or not. I can understand everybody questioning it, but with the fact he's had to have a second surgery by a surgeon, his back is hurt. Okay, so he's got, he he makes the Eagles better. Do you remember back to two thousand and six? They ran the football. They were a yep. running team. And the reason they were able to do it was because of people like, you know, Sean Andrews and John Runyon and those kind of guys. So you bring Sean back, it, it makes you a better running team. No question about it. And I mean, those screens. He, he's a dominating run blocker, and that's what the Cowboys have. They have some dominating run blockers, you know, so uh, they're able to run the football on people. And, and what it does, it makes everybody else's job easier. You know, if you can run the football, it makes the passing game better. You know, it, it, it takes you to another level. And if you really want to talk about winning a championship, you know, those are the things you got to do. Is you, you need to be good. That's why they need to hang on to Sean. I mean, he's not making that much money. What, what is no, he? you're right. Hang on. If he gets healthy, great. If he doesn't, I mean, you know, what, what can you do? But later for, you know, everybody, you know, talking about him with the doing, uh, you know, YouTube videos, and who cares? So what? No, that's really, stuff. You're YouTube right. No, videos. who does care? You know, you know, who cares? I, I want somebody to, that can block on third and one, you know. <laughs> I want somebody to say, look, we need this guy moved out of here. Okay, he can move him out. That's that's all I care about. And he would improve them if he were to get healthy. So, you know, hopefully he'll be back next year. But, you know, there's no guarantee, of course. But Yeah, but Jay, do, you think, do you think the injuries help close the gap? Yeah, well, I'm going to say I think – you, you're talking about other major changes. No, the, the Eagles don't need major changes to bridge this gap. They do absolutely nothing. Now, obviously, I think there's defensive needs, uh, but those are where I put my focus on. If you look and say they do absolutely nothing in this offseason, they're innately going to get better because they're going to get healthier. I mean, Jamal Jackson coming back, if they get anything out of the Andrews brothers, they're automatically then uh, going to upgrade that talent because they didn't have any of it this year. So, yeah, there's no major changes, uh, at least on the offensive side of the ball, that they need to do. Just get healthy, and you're innately going to uh, make yourself a better football team. Yeah, and another thing, too, is I, I don't know. I, I think the actual gap, and right now there is a little bit of a gap. I think it's a lot closer than people want to make it out to be right now. I think the taste in people's mouths in Philadelphia is, wow, they just laid two big whoopings on. And they did, and they did. The Cowboys, top to bottom, whooped them. But. We've talked about this before. It's all how you're playing at the right time. It just so happens right now the Cowboys are playing very, very good football. Does that mean they're going to come out next year and do it? No. We don't know. They might not even do it next week. So is that not what Arizona becomes, did last year? What's that? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Is that not what Arizona did last year? 
that just got hot at the right time. Isn't that what the playoffs are, is all about? Isn't that and what the Giants did it the year does? before? Yeah, yep. you just get hot at the right time, and we happen to catch them right there in that hot streak. Right. So, and so, I wonder how much of that gap is blown out of proportion. Uh, and of course, that obviously brings the talk to Donovan McNabb. We got to make changes. I mean, there's nothing that's going to get this town riled up like two season, two end of the season losses, bad losses to the Dallas Cowboys. That's about as bad as a guest in Philadelphia. So you know they're going to go crazy. You know they're going to want all these major changes. But you got to be careful. You can't go changing everything. I mean. You had two bad games. You had two bad games. I mean, gee, other than some you know, coaching changes, would you make major changes to this football team? Well, you know, I, I will give uh, Andy credit. You know, at his um, post game, one thing he said is that you can't jump up making decisions. You know, when you're still in the heat of a post game after you know losing some games like that, if you jump up and you start making these emotional moves like that, you wind up regretting it. And so he's been through that before. So I don't think they're going to do anything, you know, uh, jumping up, doing anything. I think the biggest thing that they've got to, you know, start thinking about doing is, of course, thinking about, you know, how you can work with uh, with uh, Jeremy Macklin, Deshaun Jackson, the weapons you have, uh, Brent Selleck, probably going to have Cornelius Ingram. And uh, you, so you know you got some good weapons and everything. The thing is they need a consistent running game. Uh, something that they can do against anybody. Uh, they need to get to the point where, uh, you know, there are certain things they're comfortable with all the time, and they can run. They feel like they can run against anybody. Because if you get a running game and you put it in there against their with their passing game, and you mix it in there, you you put a lot of pressure on a defense because it's hard to um, to deal with that deep threat downfield and also you know think about trying to stop a run and stuff like that. So that's why. Um, you know, uh, they got to think about that. We've been saying it's if, if a running game for 10 years now, but we're, we're going to come back on the other side. And when we get back, we'll talk about Donovan because it seems to be somewhat popular topic around here. Uh, so we'll take a break. This is G-Cop in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Join Patricia Raskin, the host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday at 11 Pacific. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call to Positive Living, Mondays at 11 Pacific time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. want to know what's really going on these days? Well, Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in Washington, on Wall Street, and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day. We're taking you on a behind-the-scenes tour of all of it. Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. 
Discover the world's only speed training program that guarantees your athletes have their best season ever or your money back. No questions asked. Let's face it, the best athletes on any team in any sport are the fastest athletes. The team with the most speed is almost always going to be more successful. The fact that you're listening to this right now tells me that you know this is true and that your athletes are not as fast as you want them to be. But how do you make them faster? After all, like many coaches, maybe you were told that you can't teach speed, that an athlete is either born with it or they're not. Right? Wrong. Arguably the biggest myth in all of sports is that you can't teach speed or coach athletes to new levels of athletic success and performance. The level of success your athletes experience has little to do with running plays or specific ball skills. Instead, it depends entirely on your ability to teach them the one skill required to dominate every sport. Speed. Put Latif Thomas and his team to work for you. Visit CompleteSpeedTraining.com or call toll-free 877-510-3278. That's 877-510-FAST. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. We're back on G Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. I'm Michael Warren. We're with G. Cobb and Jason Ashworth. And uh, surprise, surprise, we're talking to the league. And, uh, you know, we kind of went over what happened last week in the Eagles and the Cowboys last week. And obviously the big, the big question now is Donovan McNabb, what happens with him? And there's a lot of arguments out there for and against Donovan. Keep him, trade him. Uh, some are valid, some are not. And one of the things that bugs me the most and, Jay, you and I talked about this. When people say, well, if Donovan hasn't won it yet, he's never going to. Doing this interview. If, uh, if Andy can't, if he hasn't won it by now, he's never going to. Now, I think that the, actually when it comes to Donovan and Andy, the best argument probably is uh, maybe they can't win it together. And maybe that's the case. Who knows? Maybe both of them win Super Bowls together. Maybe they win them separately. Maybe, maybe neither one of them ever wins anything. Who knows? But the idea that it... You know, we'll look at Donovan first. We'll look at Donovan. If he hasn't done it now, he's never going to. And I just remember a time when, and I wrote this up for gcob.com this week, I remember a time when they couldn't wait to get rid of Elway in Denver. And in 92, they drafted Tommy Maddox in the first round out of UCLA. You know, Elway just kind of, similar to Donovan, just kept his, whatever, I'm just going to keep playing. And Elway was clearly a better quarterback, obviously. And sure enough, they wait. Someday he gets a running game. They get a few players on defense, and there you go. There's two Super Bowls. Now, if if the Broncos did what all the fans wanted to get rid of John Elway, he can't win the big one. He's never going to. He's been there three times. He's never going to win it. And that's the kind of talk that kind of gets to me. I mean, gee, where are you on Donovan right now? Um, and, Jay, we had talked about this a little bit, too. Is it a situation where – Man, if someone gives you a decent offer, you kind of have to take it. You don't have to actively move them. But if someone, you know, someone gives you, you know, I I heard today from Adam Kaplan maybe a first and a third, 
Is that kind of where you think the Eagles are right now as far as, yeah, we'll listen, but we're not dying to move them? Well, I don't know that they really staked out their position really yet. And um, it's something they're not going to rush into. But um, I think that they're in a position now where, you know, they're considering both sides. Now, I think they're a lot more rational than everybody else, and they realize, look, you know, the reason that we lost those games to the Cowboys wasn't McNabb. The fact is, you know, we've got to get better up front. We need to get healthier, and we're going to have to be we're going to have to be able to give whoever we have at quarterback time to throw the football. Uh, we need to be able to put some pressure on them, you know, with our front four. And I think they realize that, you know, they've got some progress to make. They've got some young receivers who are going to get better. And so I don't know that they've already made a position, but I, I think that it's something they're considering. And if they get the right offer, I think they will move them. So I think that's where they're at. And I don't think that they're written in stone. If they don't get the right offer, I don't think they're moving them. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, was, I agree with you, Cobb. Um, the, the reason, is, I mean, you said it, that too many Philadelphia fans are irrational, act in the moment, uh, and that's something the Eagles have officially not done. Uh, and that's going to play right right into this case. Do I think that they need to consider it? Yes. I've always been a five supporter um, for whatever reason. I don't know if it's because he seemed to always get the heat and there were too many haters that I just naturally took the other side. Uh, but I, I've always I've always appreciated having a quarterback, uh, especially early on when we didn't have that franchise quarterback. So when you have it, that's not something you just go around try, trying to get rid of, trying to trade. But given the fact uh, that you do have a guy behind, yeah, obviously for every success story you can point out, you know, your Aaron Rodgers, uh, your Phillip Rivers, for every guy that's behind a franchise quarterback, um, there's always there's always failure stories as well. But the fact that they don't know what they have, and if they are going to, to find out who they have in Kevin Cobb, uh, then they should seriously consider moving McNabb because, I mean, now's the time to do it if, that, if that's the direction they're going to go. His trade value, he, st- he certainly still has good trade value. And I'll ask you guys this, because now everyone's kind of watching the Browns. you got Tom Heckert there, who just went there. Holmgren, you know, Andy Reid's from the Holmgren tree. Would you give up Donovan for a first-round pick and Josh Cribbs? No, I mean, I, I don't think that's a good move for the Browns. Um, I don't, I don't know. Um, Eagles, he might be holding out. Consider, it's something they consider, but what you think about it, I mean, for Browns-wise, they've got a team that's not built yet. Why would they want a guy that's near the end of his career and our team's not built yet? <laughs> you know, Donovan, I think, fits a team that's ready to win something now, you know. That's, that's the kind of team like San Francisco. I think San Francisco is closer. I could see him being a fit at San Francisco. If you think of it, they got a running back. They got a good defense. You know, they got some weapons. You got an outstanding tight end. You got a young wide receiver that could be a great one coming in the future. They're ready to win right now if they had a quarterback. So, you know, San Diego, if you ask me, they could go out there and win that division next year with Donovan McNabb. So, I could see them him going somewhere like that. Uh, and I think he he fits. You know, their needs. You know. Yeah, and all, you know the Vikings are always one to keep an eye on. Should Favre go? I was just going to point that out. I mean, you got to throw Arizona in there too with Kurt saying he's uh, he's going to retire after the year. I mean, that's certainly a team that, albeit it's a completely different uh, offense, uh, but you could put him up with some weapons. I mean, they certainly have uh, the parts around him to succeed now. Succeeding without him. But Jay, you know, you could argue, uh, and, and Jay, you've said this for years. You know, West Coast offense. First of all, the reason it works on this team is because of 
Donovan's just that good. This is, it doesn't even fit his strengths. If he went to Arizona where he could just throw the ball up to Bolden and Fitzgerald, that's more to his strength. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's more it. I mean, if you had he was, you know, he's playing with those guys, you know, that's, that's more his strength, you know. And he would really be uh, dangerous, I think, in that type of environment, you know, because uh, any time he escaped the rush to buy time, you know, you got a guy downfield one-on-one with Fitzgerald. That's trouble. You know? Okay, so how, how picky can they be then? Uh, meaning, if you know, you send Donovan to an NFC team, are the Eagles going to be picky enough to where, I mean, yeah, they may get a, a, get a first and a third or whatever we want to talk about. Do we want to send them to, uh, do the Eagles want to send them to Arizona or a team that they could possibly have to face in the playoffs? Well, I think that what the situation they're going to be in is, you know, who, who, is, in the, who, is, who is interested? See, you know, the more, more people that are interested, the more picky they can be. Because they can play. If if there's just one uh, party interested, then that party, for the most part, can set the price. But if you got a few interested, then what it's going to do is it's going to allow them to get closer to what they want. And I think they definitely would like to get a, a number one pick. If they get a number one pick, then they got to feel you know pretty good about that, and they'll try to get something else. It depends on you know how many people they have interested. And if they've got a few, like I said, it will it will up the ante, and it's the kind of thing where they go in with a certain goal to probably at least get a first round pick. Uh, they might say, well, if we don't get a first round pick, he's not we're not moving him, you know. And then because, let me let me play because, off that too. In, because, I've heard different opinions. What uh, can they get a first round pick for Donovan? I'm under the party that believes yes. I mean, they'll probably get a second, but I think they can get a first. But there's also several people who say they won't get anything higher than the third. Where do you fall on that? Uh, are you talking to me? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think they can get a first. I definitely think they can get a first. Um, the Broncos got two firsts for Cutler. I know he's younger. Yeah. Well, what did he? I mean, he had a what, a good season. Maybe he, you know, threw some decent. Two firsts. Yeah, he's never won a lot, and so you know, I, I I think they can get I think they can get a first for him, uh, and probably something else if they get you know uh, some other people bargaining, you know. But the big thing that they got to they got to say is, hey, look, well, we got to get a first, or we're not moving him because if they do move him, you know that puts their butts on the wire. Which is, if uh, Kevin Cobb is not legit, then look how stupid they look, yeah. you know. So so uh, that's the chance they're taking, and. I think Andy is Andy is a McNabb guy. See, he's the one guy that's going to be making the decision, and he could say, no, we're keeping him here. He's the one that can do that. Now, the other ones are probably going to try to sway him, but McNabb is, I mean, uh, Reed is a McNabb guy, and I think if he had his druthers, he'd probably keep him here because then that's something he doesn't have to worry when he goes home at night. Uh, once he moves to Kevin Cobb, then he's got to worry, well, how does Kevin Cobb deal with pressure? You know, how will he do? How, can, can he take a lick? That's one of the big things in the NFL that, you, you know, you got to be – it's just like a puncher is that um, a quarterback's got to be able to take a lick. If he can't take a lick, man, he's, he's, he's on the IR all the time. You know, <laughs> what do you got? You know, you got and speaking Gee, Cobb, you know, we're talking about McNabb. Cobb could be the one to go. I don't think anyone thinks Vic's going to be back, although we don't know until we see what happens with Mick, uh, McNabb and Cobb. But Cobb could be the one to go. He could be the one to go to Cleveland. And, I, again, I'm, I'm a harp on Cleveland because the Heckert and Holmgren connection. But, by the way, they were 10-6 and six with good quarterback play just two years ago. You know, they've had lousy quarterback play the last two years. They might believe that a decent quarterback, Donovan or Cobb, 
could bring them back to, you know, to close to being a playoff team. They won 10 games when Derek Anderson wasn't garbage. Yeah, that's so, true. That's true. Um, who knows? Uh, maybe, maybe they do because you do have Holmgren there. You know he, uh, he appreciates the, uh, having some quality at the quarterback position and having some stability and somebody that knows the offenses and all that thing. So, uh, you know, that's, a, that's an outside chance of that happening. And at 33, Donovan's not ancient. You know, he's not – we look at him because we watched him in 2004 and before that when this guy could run. I mean, he could buy time. He could – no, he can't quite do those things anymore. I mean, he's, I'm not going to say he's Drew Bledsoe at the end of his career, but he's still only 33. Well, so it's relative it's, terms, too. I mean, you say he can't do that anymore. He can't, he can't do it like he used to be able to do it. Uh, he's still more athletic than – you know, half the quarterbacks in the league when the term, in terms of mobility, I believe. Uh, I mean, so I, let's keep it all in perspective. Yeah, I mean, think, no. of, think, of, think, of, think of the run he made against who was that? Uh, was that Denver? Denver, that was Broncos. huge. You know, you think, of that, you think of the run he made there. You think of some of the other, uh, some of the other plays that he made, which is he still has the mobility. He just doesn't, doesn't utilize it as much. But, you know, he still can do certain things that, are, you know, kind of uh, astonishing, you know, um, in the league. He can still do it. And when we come back, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll look at maybe a little more of the NFL playoffs. This is G Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. We'll see you in a few. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports hey football fans are you ready for an intelligent discussion about the buffalo bills and the national football league are you tired of listening to talk show hosts that have never played football instead of answering your questions they prefer to listen to themselves and when they don't like what you're saying they just cut you off well, that won't happen on the Jeff Nixon Sports Report. Keep it clean, stay relatively calm and rational, and the discussion will flow well. Join Jeff Nixon Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. It's all about action. Touchdown! Scores. Taking a look at the NBA tonight. Highlights. He's broken loose. He's at the 30. And headlines. Big trade in the NFL this afternoon. When you are looking to talk sports, look no further than the Voice America Sports Network. We bring you some of the biggest names and all the sports news you can handle. Whether it's basketball, off the glass, football, come on, football, golf, racing, or the Olympics, we've got you covered. We'll even cover tailgating. To the Voice America Sports Network. It's all things sports. What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific right here on the Voice America Women's Radio Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports.
you're joined up with G. Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free, 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G. Cobb in the house. We're back here on GCOB in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. I'm Micah Warren, and I'm joined by Jason Ashworth, uh, who's done some contributing to GCOB.com. He's a sports producer for Comcast. He was a Fox Sports reporter, and my favorite. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Go ahead. Go ahead. ESPN's dream job, semifinalist. I can never live it down. Can't you were do very it. close to winning that one-year contract to be an anchor on SportsCenter. Yeah. Yeah, style yeah, I mean, without I, substance doesn't mean a damn thing, according to Stephen A. Smith. That was, uh, <laughs> yeah. that was his line to me. What was it again? Style, look me dead in the eye. Style without substance don't mean a damn thing. Very first episode in front of 90 million, I hear that. Yeah, right. uh, okay, so he didn't. He, that's not what he said when he said turn in your playbook. No, 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 no. Stu, Stu gave me the turn in the playbook. Actually, uh, Stephen A. was a fan, so I was on his good side. Ah, okay, that, that's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we were talking about we were talking about the Eagles before, and now we'll talk something. We'll talk about something the Eagles have no involvement with whatsoever, and that's the NFL playoffs. They got nothing. They got nothing. And hey, New England's out. Cincinnati. My God, I, I don't know if I should say paper tiger with Cincinnati, but didn't they sweep the division this year? Yeah, talking talk about uh, getting amped. I remember, I, I mean, obviously you and I have a lot of friends that happen to follow a Steeler Nation, um, and especially for the Steelers to sit home and watch uh, as the team that took the AFC North and swept the Steelers in the regular season matchup to go in and lay, uh, lay the egg the way they did. Um, <laughs> it's obviously got to be frustrating, not just for Cincinnati fans, but, I mean, I would think Steeler fans have to be pretty frustrated as well. Uh, they got that. There's still a lot of work to do in Cincinnati, apparently. Well, yeah, you know, and I, and I got, I don't care about Steelers fans, sorry. Oh, I feel yeah, awful I about bring it up. two I Super Bowls in the last four years, yeah, three fair years. Enough. Yeah, yeah, I don't feel bad for them. That's like feeling bad for a Yankee fan. Get lost. No way. Yeah. Wait for that. <laughs> well played. <laughs> but, but Cincinnati, they are getting better. You look and you see some of the players they got, and they got Keith Rivers and, and uh, Demata Pico, and Carson Palmer's been there for a while. He's still, you know, they're not calling for his head like they call for Donovan's head. Well, why would they? Maybe, you know, I, I don't know what Carson Palmer's done to to warrant this, this high status in the NFL, but that's okay. But, yeah, they just, they lay an egg to it. I, I don't want, they're, it's a good Jet team. Good, I can't say great because I, I still worry about Sanchez. I'm a big Sanchez fan. Mm-hmm. He's still a kid. Mm-hmm. He's still a kid. We love Revis, of course. So let's look at the Jets are going to San Diego this week. San Diego hasn't, they haven't lost since what, September, October, early October? Yeah, I think where they ride the 12 game streak? 13, 12? Up, yeah, uh, I guess. They, they started the season. Whatever it is, it's up there. It's a lot. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, if I look at this game, I mean, I guess in retrospect, uh, kind of touching quick on the, the New York Cincinnati game, New York runs the football. You know, they play good defense, and it's kind of like yeah. what we were talking about before. You play good defense, you run the ball, you're going to win in this league. 
And uh, although, I mean, the Jets started off all right, I mean, obviously they have a rookie quarterback and they're forced to uh, run the football, but they, they hit some hiccups in the middle of the season. They didn't give up. They rode the ship and found a way in the playoffs, and that's all you got to do. Now in the playoffs, the test is, right, how do we limit the mistakes Mark Sanchez can make? You run the football. You play defense. And that's exactly what they did against Cincinnati, and it's surely going to have to be exactly what they do if they want any chance against uh, San Diego. Do I think they have a chance? Yes, they have a chance. And I'm not going to be the one to say there's no chance, but I mean, on all, on all phases of the game, San Diego is a talented team. Um, and unfortunately, Darrell Rivas can't lock up against uh, Vincent Jackson, Malcolm Floyd, Antonio Gates. They have a serious height advantage, and, I, and I'm interested to see how Phillip Rivers sticks that apart. Oh, they are big down there. They're absolutely big. And they do have a chance, but I mean, you and I have a chance to win the lottery, too, so. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I, I, I do like give you more than a chance. I like my odds, you know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> If I ever win the lottery, I'm just going to use all that money on more lottery tickets because then I've increased my chances for the next time. After I get um, stipends. Yeah. Uh, the thing with the Jets, though, and they, they remind you a bit of, of the uh, 07 Giants in, in the terms of over the last few weeks, they've been playing for their life. Every week has been for their life. Uh-huh. Um, they were so out of it at one point that their coach publicly came out and said, I know we're out of it. <laughs> Not really, Rex. You're still in it, but... Whatever. So they do have a chance against San Diego. Um, run the ball. I'll tell you who they remind me of. They remind me of the Steelers. I'll tell you who they remind me of the Steelers. They talk about Ben's first two years. Same situation. You have to run the football. I mean, for, for all this talk about Ben and his two rings, I mean, you and I both know Ben didn't win those Super Bowls. Yes, he made a beautiful throw at the end of the game, um, which is probably one of the biggest throws that you'll see in the Super Bowl. It, it was a great catch as well. But those, both of those games were behind a great running game and a great defense. And early well, he was lousy the first time. Oh, yeah. Absolutely lousy. Now, he did have a good AFC Championship game, I believe. It was against, what, Denver? I think it's – was that what it was? Oh, five, yeah, yeah, because that was, that was yeah, big I think it was plumber. against Denver. So he did put up some numbers in that game. But, I mean, let's talk big picture here. We, you and I both know how they won those games. And it wasn't, from, uh, it wasn't from Ben, and I'm sure the Jets aren't relying on Mark to win these games. No, and, and G has mentioned this before, too, as far as the Eagles' defense and how in some of the big playoff games and championship games, Super Bowls, they haven't come through. I mean, one of the reasons the Steelers, I mean, how big was the James Harrison play against the Cardinals? Yeah, yeah. They're about to go in, and all of a sudden James Harrison not only stops him at the end of the half, he scores a touchdown for them. That's huge. And yeah. that's not taking anything away from Big Ben, but how much easier is life when you get those kind of plays? I mean, and that's what we were talking about prior. It's all about defense. I mean, defense is a, a whole other facet of the game. And you and I know this firsthand when we were talking about you know, turnovers. With that. And I feel always bringing this back, but um, if we have to, Eagles success in NFC Championship games. Well, how many turnovers have they turned over in those games? Two. You know, how successful would the Eagles have been if they had somebody uh, who ran back a pick and put six up on the board for the team and they didn't have to rely on Donovan to put up all the points? Um, so, yeah, big plays like that, no matter who the team is or, or what the game is, obviously have a big impact on the result of the game. Yeah, and speaking of, uh, of defense here, we got Baltimore heading into Indy. Um, I like Baltimore. I really like their running game. Indy scares me, and I don't mean in a good way for Indy. I'm not shocked if they go out. I'm not. I don't love Baltimore, but I think they're a good team, and they can create big-time problems. Something bugs me about Indy. They haven't won a game in a month. 
Dude, I'm on the I'm on the same page with you. I actually like Baltimore going into this game. I didn't like Baltimore in, in round one against the playoffs against the Patriots. Me watching that game, uh, I like Baltimore, uh, especially if it takes Indianapolis a half hour to find the rhythm. If it takes them a quarter of football, you know, two fifteen minute quarters, um, they're going to find themselves in trouble because I think Baltimore can can punch them in the mouth and uh, and disrupt them. And if they do that early, I mean, it's going to be a long day for Peyton. I think it could be, and again, that's going to just bring back the debate, the arrest starters. The, I don't know that that has a huge impact. There's just something about Indy. Uh, Peyton Manning doesn't do. play his best football in the postseason, not to say he can't, but that's, that's not his time to shine. He's probably the, biggest, the best regular season quarterback we've ever seen. Um, he's not, Peyton's not Peyton in the playoffs, so I'll be curious to see what happens there. Um, he doesn't have Marvin Harrison in his prime anymore. Uh, Reggie Wayne's phenomenal, but on the other side, you're looking at, you know, Pierre Garçon, Austin Colley. He's still got Dallas Clark. Is the defense and he doesn't have good the Patriots. You don't have to worry about playing the Patriots. I think well, that's, that's always one nice. Biggest, that's one of the biggest matches of the Super Bowl for the, for, the, uh, for the Colts. I mean, right there, they just, Baltimore cleared a, cleared a pass for the, uh, for the Colts. Maybe call it mentally, call it whatever you want, but there's no hiccup that they have to worry about, uh, at least in New England. Yeah, that's true, although New England's not really New England right now either, and it's funny. Not saying they are. Not saying they are, but they can't. No, I know what you mean. But you know what I mean? It's funny It's funny that, you know, you watch what Brady did last week. He's getting eaten alive. He's got no protection. He's chucking interceptions all over the field. The defense can't stop anybody. And the same thing happens to the Eagles. And I kept thinking, boy, how will their local media repeat, uh, report this one? Where are they going to put the blame? In Boston, it was, boy, that defense got shredded. In, in Philly, it was Donovan does, can't do it again. Well, I'll give you two things. There you go. Well, A, I mean, let's not <laughs> – Brady has earned himself a couple bad games. All right, yeah, but that doesn't change his performance in that game. All right, well, hold on. I hear you. I hear you. When Brady came and he had his press conference, one of the biggest things that stuck out to me, when they asked him about the boos, he said, well, they deserved a boo. I mean, that's how he just, he said, they deserve to boo. And when, when you can put the onus on yourself and basically take all full responsibility, something that, uh, the, I mean, let's be real here. I'm not, I love Donovan. And I, you he know, I've always been a five stuff. Yeah, it's just, Brady came out and settled it quick. They deserve to boo. They have the right to boo. We played terrible. He just kind of put it all out there and just kind of silenced everything before it even started. Not to say that there'd be any hoopla about Brady, but you and I both know if you don't answer the question, you dodge around it, you give the company response. Of course it's going to get people eating. And Donovan tends to do that. As much as I hate it, Donovan tends to do that. He is the company man. And uh, and that plays, I mean, obviously it's detrimental to him in terms of public opinion. In some aspects, he is such a great PR guy as far as saying the right thing. When it was T.O., I thought he did a very good job of always trying to take the high road. Didn't work then either. I mean, they still they still railed on him. But you hear stuff like uh, after the first uh, the second Dallas game, the first one then, well, we showed our youth today. Why, Donovan? Why say it? Because now it looks like you're throwing the kids under the bus, and you kind of are. But, you know, it, it is what it is. It's not the worst. They're going to they're gonna kill him for whatever he says, but... Look, we got to take a break. When we come back, we'll look at the NFC, uh, the, the playoff breakdown over there. Uh, this is G Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. We'll see you in a minute. 
beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. the left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. If you're a fantasy football lover, you need to take a few minutes to listen to this commercial. Even if you're a novice, this could be for you. Butts and Butts, along with former NFL linebacker Sean Barber, have revolutionized the way you'll play fantasy football. That's right. Suicide Fantasy Football is now available. Go to www.suicidefantasyfootball.com for all the details. You'll get the hot tips on this new game and find out how to win $25,000. Suicide Fantasy Football is just like the game you know and love with a little twist. There's no draft. You select a lineup every week and just about every starter from an NFL team is available to you. The catch is you only use a player one time each season. Pick Brady Tomas for the first week. Save McNabb and Peterson for the stretch run. You're the GM of your own team and you make the call. Here's your chance to show everyone that you're the smartest fantasy football player week in and week out. There's no lucky draft picks. No waiver wire moves because you're in last place. It's simple. Go to www.suicidefantasyfootball.com and sign up for a league and show everyone who's boss. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bench his ass and then move oh, on. I just, and get I just ready think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G. Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Micah Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G. Cobb in the house. What's happening, everybody? This is G. Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. Hanging with you on a Friday night, depending on where you are in the country. From the East Coast, it's Friday night. And I'm with Jason Ashworth. And Jason and I have been talking, uh, talking a little playoffs, a little Eagles. We, did, we uh, went through the AFC during the last segment. I guess we'll look at the NFC here. And two really intriguing games when you consider that all season, all season, all we heard 
was how good New Orleans and Minnesota were. And I remember thinking this at the time, too. It's like, you know, week five, week six, week seven, they're gaining steam. Both look like phenomenal teams. And all we hear is, oh, my God, these, these teams are so great. They're, they're... And I kept thinking, hey, relax. Let's see how they're doing at the end of the year when it counts. You're not winning anything in October. I'm not saying the wins aren't important. Of course they are. You don't, you don't win then. You don't get into the playoffs. It doesn't really matter how well you're playing. Um, you know, Browns won four in a row to end the season. They wouldn't care. Of course not. Um, but right now, Minnesota and New Orleans look very beatable. Uh, Dallas looks incredible right now, uh, especially up front, which is where it all starts. Uh, they're, they're running the ball well. It doesn't matter. You know, they're not, Tony Romo doesn't have to do it all. It's not all on him. Uh, and then you've got an Arizona team playing New Orleans. When Arizona is, I guess at any moment, they could come out and stink up the joint. There's always that. But they could come out and kill you, too. They're that good. Uh, so let's hey, start with Dallas uh, and Minnesota. What's that? Quick question. Who's, who's Arizona's quarterback? I haven't heard. I think it's uh, Leinert, the kid from USC. Is he Leinert, there? yeah, that kid from, yeah. Uh, how's Man. he doing? So I guess you're bringing this up because Jay and I worked on a top 25 players of the past decade, NFL players. And, Jay, all right, well, we'll start with Arizona and New Orleans just so you can get your little bit out about your little Kurt Warner. I personally <laughs> think the low in the decade on Kurt Warner, he doesn't get on the list. Jay's all about Kurt Warner. So let's start with Arizona and New Orleans, and why don't you tell us why Kurt Warner is so great, and are you picking them to beat New Orleans? Okay, I'm not going to sit here. I don't need to explain myself any further. <laughs> Anybody who's a football fan knows that if you're going to pick a team of the decade, and I understand his Super Bowl win in 1999, uh, okay, fine, it's not the decade. I get it. Technically, it was in 2000, but the 99 season, I get that. Yeah, we're going to go with the season. If you want to get a technicality there, I, I understand that. But no, I, won't no. take the, I don't need the technicality, okay? My portfolio is vast. I don't need a technicality to, get to right. prove my point, okay? Okay. The point is, Kurt Warner has to be uh, on that list. He owns Super Bowl records, uh, 300-yard passing games. I mean, it's just look wow. at what he did last week, and arguably one of the most exciting. I mean, I don't. If you watch that game, and, and I was sending out messages during the game, it quickly turned to one of the most exciting games uh, in recent memory. And with with me speaking off the cuff, I'm going to say, you know, in in playoff history, that was an exciting game to watch. Um, but Not, I, don't, I don't think it quite uh, rivals Frank Reich's comeback against the uh, uh, Irish. I still remember vividly that game. That's probably the best uh, comeback. I mean, that is the best comeback uh, in playoff history. But then just in terms of excitement, you know it as well as I do. When when they were up seven, when the pack was up, I'm sorry, Arizona was up 17 nothing. you just knew the game wasn't over. Uh, Aaron, uh, Aaron Rodgers was comfortable. He was moving the football. No defense decided to show up. Did he um, make your top 25? Did Aaron Rodgers make it? Aaron Rodgers did not make it. Uh, I was just asking. I was just asking. He just, he just missed the cut because we had to make room for Adam Vinatieri. <laughs> oh, don't even get me started. Don't even get me started. But so, so Arizona, I agree with you. Look, and, and if Kurt Warner isn't that good on that day, they're not even in the game. No, not even close. They went punch not even for punch. Close. I'm not going to. First of all, I'm not going to say much for either of those defenses. Now, that's going to be a concern for Arizona against New Orleans because. Heck, then again, they already proved they can have their defense not show up and they can still win. Yeah, so, I mean, and you look at, if I had to look at that game uh, kind of in a vacuum right now, which obviously you can't do, um, I really like Arizona in this game. Bolden or no Bolden, and I believe he's, he's not going to play 
this week, and I think that's actually released now. Um, don't quote me on that. But no, if I look at... What's that? I said I won't. Oh, fair enough. Uh, if I look at this game, I mean, you look at the way New Orleans finished their season, um, and kind of to your point, it doesn't matter how you play during the regular season, uh, during November. Um, once you start getting in December... I mean, that's what, we, that's what we're going to see, what kind of team you are and what you're made of. And Obviously, they stumbled. The, the one that kills me is the Tampa Bay loss. I was 17 at home. Oh. To let, of all teams, Tampa Bay come back to beat you. Um, and then I think brutal. one of the biggest things that hurt them is a bye. I mean, yeah, granted, you love a bye, but to sit home and chew on it and not know how you're really going to come out. You know, to have to sit and just simply wait, not knowing what team's going to show up. You think definitely... Not that you want to play Dallas either. Not that you want to play Minnesota either. But you certainly don't want to play uh, Arizona. I, I can only imagine the score is going to be 150 to 149. It, it is. And you know what? And I would recommend anybody out there listening that, 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 that's a gambler, I would stay away from the NFC, East play, uh, the, uh, NFC playoff. I would stay away from Dallas. I don't even know what the lines are. I wouldn't even mess with it. Because I think there's I couldn't that imagine much it being below 80. I couldn't imagine it. I mean, yeah, the, 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 <laughs> the over-under on Arizona-New Orleans, I think, is 105. Uh, but Jeez. Dallas and Minnesota. Minnesota, one of the areas where Dallas is good, we've talked about this, they're, good, they're, they're very good up front. Well, guess what? So is Minnesota. Uh, one of the best, if not the best, defensive line in all of football. You've got the Williams wall, and then you've got Jared Allen, who is just phenomenal, and whoever else they put over there on the other side of Jared Allen, they have a Vikings have a good offensive line. They can run the ball. Who are you liking this one? Um, this is a tough one because if I look at matchups, I mean, I give the, in the trenches, I'll give the advantage to the defensive line of the Vikings. Um, on the other side of the ball, I think their ability, uh, Minnesota's ability to run the ball at will uh, and at times pass the ball at will, uh, I think is – Gives them the advantage. I mean, because we know Dallas. Dallas seems sound lately. They just seem sound on all on all sides of the ball. But I'll also give the advantage to uh, to Minnesota on the offensive end. Uh, believe it or not, just because of their versatility. Um, end of the day, though, I'm taking Dallas. I don't know how. I don't know how, but they're just too hot right now. Uh, they're playing. They're playing just good football in all facets. Something's telling me Dallas too. And and one of the things too, and when you talk about the passing game. You know, we talked about Don McNabb, and they were up in his kitchen in every direction, every time he dropped back. And what's interesting is when you look back at some of the plays, that when the camera angle showed him from behind, if he had time, I don't know where he would have gone with the ball. i got to give the Dallas secondary a lot of credit. They ran with Deshaun Jackson. Nobody runs with Deshaun Jackson. They haven't all year. They did. Well, that's the difference now. I mean, I don't know that they're going to be able to present the same coverage um, coverage problems to the Vikings had to do with the Eagles simply because of Adrian Peterson. Uh, if you get, True. if you give, if he finds any amount of space, if it's one blown tackle, if it's one missed assignment, whatever it may be, um, I mean that <laughs> Dallas is going to be in for a very long day. And then once you start committing more to the run, I mean then now you're just playing into Brett Favre's hands. So again, I think the advantages, from my perspective, have to sit with with Minnesota. But I think Dallas is going to find a way. And there you go. Jason Ashworth says, take out a second mortgage on your house and put it all on Dallas. <laughs> Let it ride. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? It's going to be, it should be a great weekend of football. I know, I think that, that term gets overused way too often. People say, oh, it's going to be a great game. You don't know what it's going to be. Nobody knows. 
But you look at these, and you have to think, I don't know, who, no matter what happens, I don't know that I'd be shocked. So, we got a great weekend of football coming up. I was going to say the only game I'd be shocked about is if the Jets beat San Diego, that's the only outcome that I would literally sit here and, and have, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. I absolutely agree. And uh, that does it for us for this week. And Jason, I want to thank you for coming on with me. We'll have you on again soon. Everybody enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the football or enjoy basketball and hockey if that's what you like to. Uh, this is, I'm Michael Warren. This is G Cobb in the house on voiceamericasports.com. We will see you next week. Time to break the huddle. We'll be back again next Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern for another edition of G Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and Micah Warren. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.